0: Hey everyone, I'm Steve Perkins, and this is Career Sweet Spot, a podcast about all things career, life, and leadership growth. And if you've been listening, we have been leading up to this relaunch of the new name and the new look, Career Sweet Spot, for this podcast. So we're going to be kicking it off with some old favorites. We're going to play some old episodes, kind of refreshed, and have some new fresh episodes to share as well in the coming weeks. Also, I wanted to let you know that if you are looking to grow in your life and career, if you're feeling stuck and trying to figure out what's next, or if you're just trying to focus on what matters most, we have a coaching membership and it's at the core of all things we do at Greenhouse. Really, it all centers around the Greenhouse Method, which is our unique coaching process that has all the steps to figure out what's next and to focus on what matters most. And each step has coaching, You can do it one-on-one with a coach or with a group, or you can even do it on your own. Either way, we will show you where to start. And so when you join, first thing is you talk to a coach and we'll show you your first step. Or you can just take our free quiz right now, which will show you what your first step is inside of the coaching community. Either way, go to greenhousecoaching.co. That's greenhousecoaching.co. And you can get started on your free trial today or take the quiz. All right, let's dive into today's episode. On today's podcast, we're talking about confidence and how to actually grow in your confidence. So over to today's episode. Yeah,
1: let's just jump right into that one because you, you are <laughs> eager. <have>
0: <laughs> you are excited have, about this. I
1: am. <laughs> yeah, let's just jump right into that one because actually, when you and I were talking about this topic, I actually kind of like to frame it sometimes around what does confidence look like? Because I have, okay, I have so many clients where this just word confidence either is something they're too confident or they're underconfident or their boss says, hey, growing confidence. And they're like, thanks.
0: How? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's just this ubiquitous topic. (laughs) Or I work with a lot of business owners who say it's related to sales. You know, it's related to actually like business development and making money. I don't, I just don't have the confidence. I need to or confidence in their craft and, and knowing I'm good at this and being able to kind of sell yourself or say what you do.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I actually looked up the definition because I thought it was really helpful, actually. So I, I've never done that before, but I was like, what do they say about it? So it means feeling sure of yourself and abilities, not in an arrogant way, but in a realistic, secure way. I really liked that one. And it just kind of had some language around not feeling superior it's a quiet inner knowledge that you are a capable person
0: mm. yeah this is um this is good to dive into because we can throw the word around mm-hmm. not even knowing what we're actually talking about right
1: you just be you just be confident
0: yeah <laughs> it's
1: so hard so
0: what does that mean i don't know let's break I know. it down well, so you're going to actually i'm
1: going to help a little bit with that because okay. it's actually been a journey for me. So this, if you're wondering my background, I've actually been coaching now for probably 20 years specifically on the topic of communication and confidence. So it's been like an area of growth in watching people change the way that they communicate and change the way that people actually listen to them. So I'm actually fascinated by this topic. But I remember specifically thinking about, all right, let's go back to our childhood here. And I was telling you this. So I think what really jumped out at me is as kids, think about it. If you say to your mom, hey, I'm thinking about like maybe asking my teacher if I can, you know, try out for that part, that one line in the play. And we're like, awesome, is the parent. We're like, no, get out there and be confident. We really have told them nothing, <laughs> <laughs> except we've been super enthusiastic for them, yeah, because it starts in our childhood where we start using the word be confident as parents to our children. And I think our children tangibly don't know what that means.
0: If I knew how to do that, I would have done it. Yes. <laughs> right. It, it's not a problem of... The problem is I don't actually know how to be confident. I
1: don't. Right.
0: And I'll, I'll speak to some of your experience because you've coached me in this area many times. You know, every coach needs a coach, right? Mm-hmm. We've We've helped each other, but... You've helped me specifically with speaking a few times, speaking Mm -hmm. on a stage, giving a presentation. And one of the things I remember most is the very things, tendencies that I have that I do in order to protect myself and feel safe are the very things that are undermining my confidence. Mm -hmm. So for example, I might kind of look down at the floor a lot because that just feels more comfortable on stage than making eye contact with the audience, right? Right. That's actually undermining my confidence.
1: It is, but we choose it because it makes us feel safe. So there's all these confusing messages about what I feel versus what how I'm perceived versus what you feel. Okay, so we're going to dive into that. But one more piece on there is that if we get told, be confident, and nobody tangibly starts to break that down for us, as children, what we start to do is we start looking for what do we think confidence looks like. And sometimes that's where some problems can happen, actually. So we look at, the, oh, they do it by putting other people down. Oh, well, they bully or, oh, they are smart. So because they're smart, maybe that's what confidence looks like. Or maybe athletic is confident. It's like, or maybe if I do this on social media, that's confident. So it's confusing because we're trying to figure out what that means. And so we then we start to just lean towards whatever we feel we bump into along the way. Okay.
0: Right. And I think the danger there is part of what you're hitting on is confidence isn't just about tactics like the example I gave. It's also about identity. And so especially in today's world where, sure, most of us would look to different figures on social media for, oh, they, they seem confident. And we're actually trying to stake our identity on who they are mm-hmm. or who they're projecting to be. Mm-hmm. And this starts to really mess with us. Yeah. Right. It does. And we there's a whole rabbit trail <laughs> we could go down there and all kinds of experts who know a lot more than us in that way too. But the point is we don't want to start building our identity off of, mm-hmm. ooh, that person looks confident. I guess I should just try to copy them.
1: I right. I, I will say that as a coach, I do make a homework assignment sometimes for people to say, I would like you to start noticing people around you because we talk about noticing all the time. Who are confident or not confident and what are you noticing? Why are you picking up on that? Why are you feeling they are confident or not confident? And I just want you to start to be aware. Yeah. So that's a kind of fun exercise.
0: It is. And that's actually maybe a mindset or a thing to keep in mind with all this is it's always good and okay to look at somebody else or get inspiration, take mm-hmm. some and leave the rest. Yeah. Right? If you're looking to a person for Mm -hmm. ideas or inspiration doesn't mean you have to be just like them in every way doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you have to have the same identity as them but you can take some tips from them and leave the rest you know Mm -hmm. you can take the good and apply it for yourself
1: yeah i kind of like listen to our podcast today right yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's like take what you want leave the rest please leave some of it how it is like with everything though it's like I, i books speakers i don't take everything i usually take one thing and then i apply it to myself so I just want to call out to those people who are in job-seeking mode because we have a lot of people in those places that this confidence issue is big because it plays out in networking, it plays out in conversations, it plays out in interviewing. And so why is it that when some people look like they have the it factor, right, they just have it, but the truth is the it factor can kind of be learned in your own it way. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, it comes natural to some, but others can learn it. And I've coached many people where they have learned
0: it. I also love when we're working with people on kind of that middle module of the greenhouse method that like, what are you uniquely gifted at? Mm -hmm. There's this cool thing that happens where we don't even mention the word confidence, but you gain so much confidence because you start to realize, oh, this is what I'm great at. Like, this is my thing. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about this more later, but the idea that that's okay to be confident and know like, this is what I'm great at. And these are some things I'm not great at. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to equal arrogance. But to right. to start to hone in on what makes you uniquely you or some of the strengths and passions you bring to the Gosh, table.
1: There are so many layers here because it's... Where do we start? I know. It's Okay, so but hard. this is the
0: point, right? There's so many directions. That's part of I know. why we've never I know. defined it for ourselves. Right. So... Why don't you help us walk through a little more of a structured way to think about this? So there's
1: really two directions in which I want to focus on today, and that is some internal confidence and some external things that have confidence there. But before I even move into there, I just want to call out that as you grow up, you're just going to become more confident because it's not the first time anymore. So that's just life. So even when I coach my young people or my own children – who are in their teens, and I'm like, get out there and do the first job. And they might think it's super insignificant that they're working at Jason's Nelly. But the truth is, because they worked at Jason's Nelly and somebody said, nice job, Or you did that well, or it begins to build the building blocks for like, oh, 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 you start to grow in internal confidence. So that leads me into the internal thing. So I do know that the older you get, the more confident you become. It's kind of natural, but you also can learn how to walk into that confidence. So let's focus on the internal piece here. Actually, I'm going to focus on both because I'm going to say this Does confidence come first inside or does it first come outside? And I want to say yes and yes. And people are already like, crap, I'm going to turn this <laughs> podcast off because it's too confusing. But I'm going to tell you that it really is depending on where you are at. Mm-hmm. So I have many people who, let's just take for example, are internally starting to grow in their confidence. They like who they are. They, uh, they're they talking to themselves internally in a positive way. They're not doing self-hate anymore. They're They're liking the skills that they're acquiring, things like that. But... Internally, that's great that they're feeling that way, but nobody around them knows that they're feeling that internal confidence. Can you see where that went? Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's like, great, I'm glad you're feeling that way, but you got to also exude it and let others know. Yes. Right? On the other side, sometimes I've had people who really don't feel good about themselves yet on the inside, and they need to do some external things to start to flip that switch. And I find that to be the actual really cool, magical one that we're going to focus on there.
0: That's good. And, you know, you started that with younger people. And so I'll kind of wrap it around to people who are more experienced or further along in their life who, and we've worked with some people like this, where maybe they're even like Mm post-career and they're still lacking so much confidence. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're working on because it's actually what's turned it into bitterness or resentment or grouchiness or whatever they're struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they've kind of built up this fake external confidence mm-hmm. just based on the years and the experience, but the internal piece still isn't there. So it's kind of it's almost like undermining all the external success. Yes, and and so that's even cool too. You're never it's never too late right. to work on this. But it, sometimes you may have worked on one piece and not the other. Mm-hmm. The powers in the combo.
1: And I would also say, Steve, haven't you, even though we're growing in this area and we coach people on this, aren't you like still working on this one? (laughs) All
0: the time. That's (laughs) almost like the downfall of the coach is constantly thinking about it every day. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, the good side of that is probably a little bit of growth and progress every day. Mm -hmm. Being aware of it is so helpful.
1: Yep. I think that you should never stop trying to grow in confidence, internally and externally. All right, so internally, I'm just going to throw out a few things that jump out to me in terms of what you need to do if you're really working on changing the inside of you in terms of confidence. I mentioned it a little bit, which was watch yourself talk. Like, stop yourself uh, from the negative talk. Okay, people always ask me all the time, can I really stop my thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I heard Oprah... Who I love uh-huh. say this one time so if I say to you I want you to picture a tree so are you gonna picture a tree ready okay if I say to you, I want you to picture a tree now I say to you I want you to picture a river now I say to you I want you to picture a triangle okay did you think about three different things when I changed the topic and went to the river did you stop thinking about the tree
0: I pictured the next one, but I think the tree was still there. All the tree along. was still there. Yeah. Okay,
1: and then what about the red triangle?
0: Just a just a red triangle. triangle.
1: Okay, just okay. So <laughs> we got there,
0: right? <laughs> so you got
1: to a triangle. Uh
0: huh. So
1: the point to that exercise is we can stop our thoughts. You get it? We actually can. So that's what happens to people all the time is negative, horrible thoughts come into our head. and People are like, well, I can't do anything about them." You actually can. You can actually stop the thought from growing. You can focus on a red triangle. I know that sounds so crazy, but it's a thing. No,
0: it's really helpful because I think in general, like we do have the power in ourselves to change things. Mm -hmm. And so if you realize, no, I actually can change a direction or in a moment, stop a thought. Mm -hmm then this is a whole new ball game that you're entering into.
1: It really is. Because I used to think those people who said think positive thoughts, I was like, I can't all day long. Yeah. <laughs> but I can. What I realize what they're trying to say is I can change what I am thinking. If the negative thought comes into my head, I can change it.
0: Right. And it might be work and it might actually take some practice. Yeah. But yeah. anything else in life you want to get yeah, good at absolutely. takes practice, right? Why do we think that we wouldn't have to practice in our thought life? Right. Or in our kind of habit life.
1: Yeah. Okay, so watching our self-talk, stop comparing ourselves. That's a big one. So inner confidence comes from stop comparing ourselves to others, right? And I'm throwing these things out there knowing that these things each could be a coaching session for people, but I'm just giving you the general internal pieces here, okay? Um, Know what you want. It's like begin inside internally to know what you want, know what your strength is, start to reckon that's what we help people with. It's funny how we see even people leave our office once we've helped them identify their strengths and it's like they walked in, out differently than they walked in because they feel like, oh my gosh, I'm good at this. And they just never really could like discover it. They
0: had those strengths coming in. They do. That's why we always use the word potential. It's like it was already in there. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of kind of noticing that and then actually using it.
1: Absolutely. Eliminate. This one's vague. What ifs? What ifs break down your confidence faster than anything else.
0: What do you mean what do you mean by that? Give an oh, example. Well
1: what if I do that and what if that happens and what if it's like I question all the things that could go wrong and then little by little I'm not even going to do it anymore. Yeah. It's like I've talked myself right out of it and I know that is a very easier said-than-done thing, but it is such an internal shift to stop asking yourself, well, what if, what if? Now, it's cautious what-ifs are okay. You get it? Like safety what-ifs, but then we we start to, like, explode in our brains, and you guys have heard me as coaches saying this one so many times is always asking what's the worst thing that can happen.
0: Yeah, that's a game-changer, though. It is. And, I mean, we work with so many people in a career transition. That's mm-hmm. That's the question right mm-hmm. there.
1: I'm like, okay, so let's just go there. Worst thing that happens, you don't get the job. (gasps) Are you all right? You know what I mean? You're still alive. Okay. It's like we really need to go there and ask ourselves what's the worst thing that happens. So that's an internal shift that happens with our confidence there. And then we have to really forget about being perfect because if we keep striving for perfection, we will never grow in our confidence because there isn't a human being I've ever met that is perfect.
0: Well, let me make a comment there because I think some people are wired for kind of that perfectionist tendency. So it's really hard, right? That's hard to hear that and be like, well, then I'm just going to be discontent my whole life (laughs) battling Mm -hmm. myself. Mm. I mean, there's probably lots of strategies out there. One I can just throw out is instead of trying to get rid of that, trying to be perfect, replace it with something else. Mm -hmm. So replace it with what we love to do at Greenhouse and teach other teams to do is Mm -hmm. Reflect on what you learned. Mm -hmm. Reflect on how you got incrementally better. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, you may not have been perfect this week, Mm -hmm. but I bet you can find something you learned or got a little better at or a little smarter in, Mm -hmm. and that's just directing your attention there instead of like, oh, but the shortcoming. Right,
1: right. You're right. That's a whole thing. That's a whole thing, but there's just a like one idea for it. It is. Because some people lean towards being perfect, and therefore that paralyzes them. Sure. So that's your right, that's, that's the whole thing. That's a real thing. Now, if you were looking at my notes, you would see that I have this list of internal things, and this one is circled because it is simply called speak. <laughs> internal confidence comes by starting to speak. Guess what? When we're changing our what's going on inside of our mind, we actually need to actually get the words out of our mouth. Yeah. So speaking, it sounds so simple, is huge because I know too many people who have great ideas and great thoughts, but they never let anyone know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This one could be a whole podcast in itself. It could. (laughs) could.
1: And then the last one is be resilient. So there's a whole bunch of things. Now, you just recognize that I just threw out a whole (laughs) bunch of things where each one sometimes is like, oh, great. I'm not good at that one. I'm not good at that one. The whole point is you have some internal work to do. So that's it. Just call it out. We have some internal work to do on our confidence and over time you can start to like love yourself and believe in yourself internally.
0: I was working with a coaching client recently on this exact topic and we just picked kind of one of those type of things. We weren't looking at this exact list, but we picked one of those things and said, "Okay, to your point about notice watch yourself, yeah, notice yourself, kind of like get outside of yourself and observe what you do all day and what you say and how you think. Mm -hmm. And so we worked on a plan together for her to notice herself for a week. And this is what I would encourage people. Pick one thing out of that list and for the next week make a plan to just how are you going to notice yourself, how are you going to watch yourself, and literally take notes. I mean, pick a page in your notebook or on your laptop and take notes of where you see this happening or tripping you up. Yeah. And then at the end of the week, kind of look back at the list and try to see if there's some kind of theme. For this particular client, she had a huge light bulb moment because she noticed like there's a particular kind of circumstance where she would always start undermining herself Mm. in her confidence. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, when this scenario happens, that's when I start kind of telling myself that whole false story in my head and going down the path into anti-confidence. And so now she can create a plan for, okay, This is how I could start to switch it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's not solving all my confidence issues in life, but it's a huge one. It's a huge moment where I can start to flip the switch every Mm -hmm. time it happens and work on confidence instead of undermining myself.
1: You know, you really just called out a big one because I'm about to move into the external piece here. And so there's going to be another list of things. And it really is about not getting overwhelmed and choosing one thing at a time. So if your one thing is just watching yourself talk to yourself, great. Focus on that for a while. That's it. You're going to start to move into more confidence just by eliminating the one, right? And recognizing and noticing. Yeah. Okay. So here we move into external. Now, this one is really fascinating to me because I have a lot of people who turn a corner just by changing some external factors. And then all of a sudden, they're like going to believe in themselves. So I have to tell you my own personal like moment. Okay. So when I first started to walk into this career where I was teaching essentially public speaking to doctors. And I'm talking the best doctors in the United States. Like we're talking the top professionals. So I was 27. I mean, I felt like, what? I have nothing. <laughs> uh-huh. And I was trained and I was trained and I was trained for six months before I ever flew out for my first gig, right? And I remember I was going to Miami. I remember exactly all the details. And my trainer, my boss, my mentor, I'm like, he's like, all right, you leave tomorrow. And I'm like, Ugh. If you could have just seen my face, I just was melting (laughs) in fear. Uh And of course, he did all the right pep talk things. Like he reminded me of what I know, all these things. But this was the thing that really stood out to me. He's like, Sunday, I want you to go buy a really great suit. I want you to buy a really great suit. And I want you to feel confident in it. And then I want you to look at yourself in the mirror many times, but especially the day of your presentation and just tell yourself – you are a strong, capable, professional woman. And then we're being like, what are you talking about? But guess what? It worked.
0: Yeah, clearly you still remember even I, the even that pep talk.
1: <laughs> I did. I, I had to dress the part to be to believe that I can do it. I had all the internal training, but now I had to execute it and I was terrified. So the suit. And then the talking to myself that just said you. And it was just like looking at myself. And so then I kept telling myself that. And then I walked in front of the room now. And I used the five skills that we're going to talk a little bit about. And I just pushed out confidence. Even though if you were to interview me, my little internal self, my little internal voice would have said, I'm terrified. Yeah, I was terrified. But that room did not know that I was terrified.
0: And this proves your point about, internal and external, it is. right? Because by pushing through that external thing that actually wasn't exactly the same as what was happening inside, right? There was a bit of like, it's not fake it till you make it, right? But it's kind of like fake it till it becomes yeah, true. Well,
1: like Amy Cuddy calls it fake it till you become it.
0: Fake it till you become it.
1: And I love that.
0: And so that external push actually helped you grow internal yeah. confidence. Yes. You can hear it now in the way you're telling the story. Yes. That actually helped boost your it actual was internal confidence. huge. Yeah. It was
1: huge. So by the way, TED Talk followers, if you put Amy Cuddy in, you'll get her because she's top 10. But she has a great TED Talk out there called Fake It So Become It. And she's a PhD psychologist who studies body language. And you'll love it. But what she says is that sometimes what we do with our body starts to change the way that we are inside. So I'm just going to give one more illustration. Um, sometimes uh, you'll hear people who literally just the way they sit. So there's this example of a woman who's sitting in a classroom and she's sitting way back, slouched down, low, her arms are crossed, making no eye contact with anyone. Everyone who walks in the room, no one says hello. No one says hello ever. The teacher never even calls on her. She just sits there. It's bothering her internally because she's like, why am I overlooked? Why am I overlooked? Amy Cuddy worked with her and said, I would like you to just change the way you sit, sit up and nod and give eye contact to people when they walk into the room. Simply try that and see what happens. And she made that small shift and people were like, good morning. Hello. And she was like, oh my goodness. And so you know what happened to her is exactly what we're talking about is that she started to believe in herself and that physical confidence brought an internal confidence and the two together started to bring her out of herself.
0: Yeah, they weave together and build on each other. And it shouldn't be surprising to us because we're whole people. Like, we
1: are. We <laughs>
0: but are. <laughs> in our, you know, current setting, we've kind of made this whole compartmentalized right. framework to life. And it's 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 just not how it is, right? No. We are a physical person, an emotional person, a spiritual person, a mental person. All these things work mm-hmm. together.
1: I hate when people say, well, that person is obviously confident. Look how beautiful they are. Or look how handsome he is. I'm sorry. I don't know about you, Steve, but I have met some people who aren't – I'm doing the quote-unquote perfect-looking people who are freaking – like I can't stop looking at them because they have a confidence (laughs) about them that I am so attracted to that I I can't even put my finger on it. But the – Camera, externally, might not have said, "But well, now there's a gorgeous person. It's their confidence makes them so beautiful.
0: Right. Listen to so many musician interviews who say, I've been doing this 30 years, going out on stage every night, and I'm still so nervous right before. Yeah. Right. But they have rituals. They almost mm-hmm. always have a yeah. ritual mm-hmm. that, to your point of the external, physical, mm-hmm. it kind of gets them... Um pushing themselves into a mode of confidence.
1: Mm-hmm, it does. Okay, so all I'm going to do is kind of simply, very quickly, break them down to you just to give you some examples because this is a very coaching thing, so it's not even worth like spending too much time on. But I'm just going to give you some examples. With your eyes, simply looking at people, finishing complete thoughts with one pair of eyes versus splattering my eyes all over the room and just spinning all over the place or looking down, slowing my eye contact down just is going to give a signal of confidence because people who can give eye contact come across as more confident people now i'm not going to give the weird stare (laughs) (laughs) there's the stare that's too long and you're like why are you staring at me you'll know it you'll know it but i need to look at people hold the gaze and then move to another pair of eyes and hold the gaze and not be afraid to really like engage with people's eyes that eye contact thing is huge
0: you do this really well. And I always notice it because if you pay attention in the next meeting you're in or you'll notice that some people do tend to just address one person in the room, (laughs) which that's a whole other set of problems. (laughs) You need to get aware of that. And some people like I would probably fall in this category. I do try to jump around a lot to make sure I'm including everyone Mm -hmm. because I'm trying to include everyone. Yeah. But yeah, it can have a Negative effect if I'm jumping too quickly.
1: If I'm moving too quickly, because your point there is I do want to include everyone. My goal at the end of a presentation is to try to hit as many fair advices again, but not so fast. It's called one-to-one finish the thought. That's the skill set. One-to-one finish the thought. Which, by the way, guess why people look at that one person It's because they're usually I call them the golden retrievers of the room, because (laughs) which I happen to be. (laughs) I happen to be so I am always wanting someone to do a good job. So I tend to nod and smile while they're talking in front of the room because I'm an encourager by nature. But guess what? I also get trapped. They like never stop looking at me, and now I'm exhausted and wish I'd never give encouragement.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it's that one, and then sometimes people talk at look at people who they know. So those are the two. So don't do that include the whole room. All right, moving past eyes. But I will tell you that eyes change the game. It's big. It's probably the one that I see the quickest shift in a person when I'm coaching them is when they own their eyes. All right, voice is probably the number two one that I hear. And this one's a whole thing. It's personal because we all come from different family origins and we have backgrounds and there's tone. And But the bottom line with voice is that we need to project our voice to animate. That's the skill. So, if I were to break it down, I would say try not to talk too fast. Try not to talk too slow. Try not to be too loud the whole time, where I'm just like, you know, and then try not to be like, what are you saying? Because too many things of the same kind, monotone, is like, it makes people check out. They're no longer interested in what you have to say. So, if you really look at a good speaker, the reason you don't even know what's happening is you like them is because they're animating their voice. They're having some natural highs and some natural lows. They're giving variety. I would say mistakes people make, this one you're going you're gonna to totally recognize. <laughs> this one happens to be more of a female thing, but I am the most noticing of the upswing. Okay. So the upswing takes back everything in which a person says. They'll be like, hello there. My name is Sunny Markward. And today we're going to be talking about, and it sounds like I don't know anything. It right. sounds like I'm take, I, I'm questioning my own name.:
0: I know, and it's, <laughs> it does happen to be more with females, but also more the more urban the setting. Mm-hmm. Like in cities, there's more of a trend around this where it's like, I'm recording a podcast.
1: Yeah, you are, well, are you. Are you or not? <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> and yeah, it's just become kind of a norm. Yeah. I think it's kind of an inclusivity norm. It's like I don't want to come across too abrasive or commanding. Right. And exactly. so I end it like a question. But we do it subconsciously. Yes. And so yeah, it undermines cause now all I can pay attention to is You're ending everything like a question. Do you recognize that?
1: (laughs) Right. In fact, how I would coach people, it would be to, and I love that you called that out by the way first on that, is you're right. Sometimes there's moments in which we use an upswing because we're trying to say, are we all good with that? It's like a consensus, right? I'm not trying to say I know everything. It's like, hey, thoughts on that. But when I am speaking with confidence, I'm going to actually encourage you to do the opposite and go down. So I love it when people say, hello there, my name is, and sometimes they pause a bit and say, Sunday Marcourt." So it's like Sunday Mark where if I go down, the down makes me own it.
0: It does. And one thing is ju- if you're in a workplace, especially the bigger the workplace, just kind of pay attention for a week or so, maybe even a day, yeah. how people talk, because there tends to be a norm within that environment. Yeah. And what I've noticed is this can also happen with kind of aggression tones. So mm. it's like, well, the culture here is you really have to kind of be the smartest in the room or, you know. Influence people toward the right decision. And so there becomes a norm way of voice inflection that kind of asserts that. Yes. So the funny thing is, (laughs) we want to just fit in, right? So So we naturally do it like everyone else. But if you want to be differentiated in Mm -hmm. your workplace, if you're the one trying to get noticed or promotion, it would actually be better to stand out Mm -hmm. and do more of the things you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Plus, side benefit people will actually appreciate you more because you'll be more engaging and you'll actually be less offensive. Mm
1: -hmm. You will. The last thing I will say about the voice is just be aware, right? Be aware, slow down is a big one. But just two points there is sometimes people will go fast, but that's okay if you're doing a teaching moment. And then when you make your point, slow down. So have variety is the whole point, have variety there. So just start being aware, but you'll be amazed at how, if you change the way that you talk, you'll start to externally feel a little more confident and then internally you'll be like, I'm feeling better about myself, so. Such a good one. Yes. all right, so these two I'm going to kind of combine really quick for the sake of time, and that is hands and posture. So this is such a personal thing, by the way, which is why it's such a coaching thing, but just start noticing the way some people who talk with confidence do. Just that's all I'm really going to say, because using your hands is just key. Don't not use them, right? Don't lock them in front of you. Don't put them in your pockets. Don't lock them behind your back. Actually open yourself up and actually use your hands to augment the words of what that are coming out of my mouth. Got
0: it? When we mentioned TED Talks, this is actually a really easy way to watch some of those things because people who give TED Talks all have to go through the same rigorous, rigorous prep on their body language. Yes. And so I feel pretty confident saying pull up any TED talk and you'll see some of these things played yep, out.
1: You will, and then you'll see some that really own it and some that like really need to keep working on it. And by the way, when I first learned, I had to keep working on it. You're not going to like listen to one of these and go, got it, and everything's going to change overnight. It's too good to be one small Just pick shift, one, one small, small thing. And then I would just say with posture, it's just really important to just start noticing your posture. Obviously, standing up straight, sitting up straight is going to exude more confidence right there. The biggest mistake I feel like people make is that when they feel like, oh, I want to connect with my audience, they start walking too much or walking towards their audience too much. And actually, that's the wrong emphasis to try to create energy. Where I'm trying to create energy is in my voice. Yeah, It's not by getting closer to you. <laughs> <'Cause> it just <laughs> starts to make everybody awkward. Yeah. So that's the big mistake I, I noticed there. It's a very personal thing. I will just tell you that it's funny when people are working on their confidence with their hands, all of a sudden I'll start telling them I want them to use their hands and they can't even remember how to use them anymore. So this is a very freezing one for people. This it is. is a big yeah. one for people. So all right. And then the last one on confidence is start to just notice if you use filling words too much. Like, do you say, um, uh, every time that you're trying to gather your thought, do I say so or and a-, a word that is my brain's natural pause? Because we all have natural pauses in our brain, but we have to learn to do them quietly. It's better to pause, then speak, then stay. uh, we lose people. So, so it's wait, a, So, but... and what? I was,
0: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, I know it's funny because I, I feel like that started becoming a pop culture conversation around the word, um, mm. and so we've, a lot of us have maybe paid attention to that, but then we've replaced it with a lot of other ones. Yeah. So,
1: so yeah.
0: what I was saying is anyway, What's the one
1: where everybody asks permission, there's one where like, you get it. That's one, too. People will go, you get it? And it's like they say it right. over right? and <laughs> right.
0: So, right? Right. And the problem with right is you're actually forcing someone to agree with something they might not agree with. It's, <laughs> They're like, no. It's a terrible one. It is. But it happens a lot.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, I feel like I just did a confidence throw-up session. <laughs> I had a ton to say about internal confidence and a ton to say about external. And I know I tend to close my podcast like this a lot, but I, I just need to repeat it because many people I coach get overwhelmed. And I'm just going to tell you, we make changes in our life by one small incremental change. So if there is one thing you heard today where you say, all right, I'm just, she said to focus on my eyes and I need to focus more on the external. All I'm going to do is start working on my eye contact. You can do that for six months before you choose the next one. No one knows. You didn't put a sign outside your door that said, trying to lurk on five skills, call me out on it. <laughs> yeah, <right. You>
0: know? <laughs> yeah. So pick one out of this episode. Yes. Try to work on it for the next week. Yes. Um, do some of the things we suggested about taking notes mm-hmm. or getting some feedback or getting a coach. And maybe even put it on your calendar, remind yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, a month or two out to come back to this episode and pick a new thing. Perfect. Uh, Or if the thing you're working on is just frustrating you, that's okay. Give yourself permission to just move on and try something else.
1: Yeah. Back to that kid piece. As a parent now, if your kid says, I'm terrified and I need to ask my teacher this question. Now you might say something like, all right, I'm just going to encourage you to be confident. And so maybe that might look like just walk up to your teacher's desk and just look at her in the eye and say, I have a question. See that one small breakdown is going to start making them understand, oh, confidence means look them in the eye. You get it?
0: But, Sunny, can you just be more confident? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yes. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks for sharing all of this. And like we said, these are all the kind of topics that we talk about with our members in the Greenhouse Network. And so we would love to see you there if this is something you're working on, or if you really want to dive deep on one of these specific skills. Yes. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you want to learn more about the Greenhouse Method coaching membership, go to GreenhouseCoaching.co and we will show you where to start in the Greenhouse Method, or you can take the quiz to see your next step. GreenhouseCoaching.co